0: Hello, world, and thank you for joining me today. This is Shelly Shearer, and you are listening to the podcast Coulda, would where I focus on not living in regret and forming high-functioning habits. I want to inspire you to transform your thoughts for a happier and higher functioning life. We are what we think, and we get lost in limiting beliefs. We don't eat well, we don't take charge of our money, manage our commitments, and then wonder why we are stressed, overweight, in pain, and unhappy with our lives. I haven't met anyone that can't change their mind. That's why I always say, see you on the flip side, as I want to journey with you on coming out the other side. Side of what you might ask? Well, that's up to you. Good morning world, Shelley Shearer here and welcome to the show. I have thoughts that are running all over the map today, so I've tried pretty hard to do a little bit of meditation just to say, hey, universe, maybe you could... Give me a little cohesion here about maybe in sticking to one topic, because we all know that I love to segue. So a couple of things. I uh, started with a new coach this week, someone I, I actually worked with a few years ago, and it's very exciting actually just to see uh, some of my goals and my plans being put into action immediately. Having someone there to support me, to listen, to give me guidance really is a need that is being met that I needed desperately. So that, that is very exciting. I've also had really kind of a great week because it was also my birthday last weekend and I tend to celebrate for like, you know, a week, maybe the month. Um, I love my birthday. I am not shy about it. And uh, I enjoy being spoiled and I don't make any apologies for that. However, my birthday, sort of the secondary, the second birthday event I had last week was lunch with a dear friend. And I'm going to tell you about something that happened that was really sad. For me, very sad. Uh, thankfully, we have a really strong friendship that you know has been going on for like 26 years. So, you know, you I gotta admit that you do get a certain amount of leeway with your friendships when you've got that sort of time and and trust invested. Now, this particular friend has a daughter that really struggles uh, both with her mental health and her life. And we've just learned that, you know what, there's nothing anyone can say or do that's ever going to help. She's not a person that looks for advice or support in this area, but it's really hard being an outsider looking in because it's very hard as well not to have judgment because what we see, those of us looking outside, looking in, is a very codependent relationship, but they don't see it that way. But what's been really tough is my girlfriend's daughter's turning 30 and, and basically has not attended school or held down a job for the better part of a decade. And, you know, the story is always the same. She's doing way better than she was two months ago. But it, that's been the same response for, you know, for nine years. And it's like, better than what? So a couple of things I want to I wanna talk about. And, and it's tough having to use this example because there are people that are close to me in my life. But it's also, that is why I podcast, is to bring all of you real struggles and real life experiences I talk about awareness in a really big way, and I have podcasted many times on depression and, and having medical help. I, I believe in medical help when necessary, uh, but I also have a very firm opinion and point of view on certain types of medical help and the fact that they are a stepping stone. So for instance, let's, let's talk specifically depression. I've struggled with it most of my adult life but I'm also a person that is a fixer and, uh, you know, a type personality. I have a lot of drive. I also have a lot of awareness, which I'm so grateful for. I did not have an, you know, in some aspects I had an amazing childhood and have so many advantages and in other ways, there was just a lot of emotional and, and abuse and things that happened that, although I regret that and it, you know, I use it as a crutch and an excuse to play victim for a long time when I was younger, eventually you have to own it and realize that these are the stories you're telling yourself and these are the truths that you're believing and, and move past them. You, you you really truly need to you know leave the blame game behind and move past them. So my point of view on medication is, it is very, very necessary when you are spiraling because if you cannot find a way to step up and lift yourself up out of a hole or off the ground, there's no path to move forward because the bottom line is, we can get lost in our own misery and our own darkness. And medical intervention can really help with that. It can really give you a sense of hope. And, you know, a lot of depression is caused um, by an imbalance in the brain. And that can be caused by a lot of different factors. It is not just some genetic, you know, twerk of fate. It is, look, there are sometimes some very physical or emotional reasons for what triggers these things in our bodies. And I'm not going to get into all that. I am not a doctor, but I am a firm believer that when you need the help for the love of God, get the help. I mean, I talk about this so often. What you can't do, in my opinion, is expect the drugs to be everything. And why I'm commenting on this is something my girlfriend said just broke my heart, just broke my heart. The whole situation kind of does. But what broke my heart was she was saying how my niece hasn't really been, um, she's not really my niece, sorry, Uh, hasn't been, you know, she just has trouble leaving the house because sometimes she's just out and the drugs just leave her stranded. The bottom just falls out. And I'm going to tell you right up front, I have an incredible, incredibly strong point of view on that statement because that is not the drug's job. The drug's job is not to solve all your problems and to hold you aloft for forever. The drugs are there to balance your body, your chemistry, and give you the lift you need to find coping mechanisms. Now, most of my regular listeners know I have a son that's bipolar, and he is completely fine with me sharing his life on this podcast. I've gotten his permission, so don't think that I'm talking behind his back, uh, because he has had a real struggle and. I am just so proud of him with the work he has done on himself and in his life, but also with the fact that he is okay with me sharing with all of you because someone else might learn something. We might be able to help someone else. And him and I have very similar attitudes on this attitude about the drugs being like a stepping stone, a support system. No different than antibiotics. Your body's immune system still needs to get the job done. But there's times when the infection you're fighting is stronger than your body's ability to fight it for you or the length of time it would take to fight it maybe like way longer than is necessary. So yay, thank heavens for, you know, antibiotics in in moments like that. They can kickstart, they kill off bad bacteria right out of the gate and allow your body the space and energy it needs to step up to the plate. But that's always in my opinion, needs to be the belief system that your body and you need to step up to the plate, okay, with awareness and the ability to change and accept what you, you know, what you can change and what you can make better in your life. But that has to be there right out of the gate. So him and I are very on the same page with that sort of mentality. He doesn't expect his drugs to be the end-all and be-all. He made sure he went for counseling to learn coping mechanisms to figure out what his triggers were to avoid them. I made a comment to my coach the other day about how, you know, I still have bad days and I spiral and I struggle, but those days don't last as long. And this is my coach's job. His first response was that that was a bit of a limiting belief. And I don't disagree with him. I have told myself that story and it is now... Perhaps become part of my story, but at the same token, that wasn't really my intent in the comment. My intent was, I am old enough now to know that this too shall pass. I don't buy into there being no hope like I did when I was younger, or that this needed to go on for you know huge lengths of time, or or that I would just sorry lost my train of thought there. It doesn't really matter enough years have gone i've come through enough things i've seen enough successes i've seen enough failures to know is what i meant in the comment when i was talking to him that these things are surmountable they are not insurmountable they are surmountable and that i have ways of coping and lifting myself up now dealing with depression may be rather strong but the bottom line is we do this all of us have moments like this every day of our lives. We have down days or days when we're extremely tired or we're not managing our energies. So we come home from work and we are exhausted and we are not cooking you know, healthy food or eating healthy food. And we, we aren't getting the sleep we need. We're not looking after ourselves. We're self-medicating with alcohol. Do you know what? We all struggle with these types of things. And these really are all the same type of issue, not just depression. We have bad days, but the thing is knowing that there are ways to Turn that around and to know that it will not last forever. So, I've had a, a number of things going on this week. So, the first thing was I got on to a website with Brendan Bouchard and his wife, which is kind of interesting. She's a bit of a health nut and fitness guru and an introvert, which is very interesting since she's married to him. And he, by the way, if you don't know who Brendan is, he wrote a High Performance Habits. I do high functioning, which is really about just everyday life and being the best functioning that you can be in any situation, creating good habits and in your life to ensure that happens. But he truly talks about being performing at a really high level, whether that be personally or professionally. And uh, he's, he's a world-renowned coach. So him and his wife were doing this thing all week, uh, these talks on that were both podcasts and also they were video on the website. He was telling a story about how, for her, she needs to move. They both do, actually. They're both quite clear on the fact that you, you know, you need our bodies are a machine and they're a temple, if you like, and they need to be fed the right stuff. So what we focus on grows. So I, I've talked about that many times about you know feeding the good and and not the bad. I also even have the same mentality when I'm coaching someone in their in their diet nutrition when they come to me for health stuff. I don't spend a lot of time telling them all the things they cannot eat or what to take out of their life, I focus on what they should be eating and the habits they should be implementing into their lives. Because when your life is full of the good, the bad doesn't really have room anymore. And something my coach said the other day was, you know, when someone makes the decision to go work out, McDonald's just falls off the radar. They don't have to make a conscious effort. They're, they've already made a decision to be healthier and they're going to the gym three times a week. It's highly unlikely that they're going to stop at McDonald's Every night after being at the gym or every morning because they just they don't go hand-in-hand hand. well Brendan's wife made a comment as well or he was telling a story about her she discovered quite young that you know movement she needed this she it elevates her endorphin levels and it, it creates peace in her life so you know she's walking out the door they've had she's had a bad day and she just looks at her husband and says do not speak to me you know don't she was being very clear I will say something I will regret you're engaging with someone that you shouldn't engage with right now. She goes off to the gym and she comes back two hours later and Brenda goes and in walks my happy, beautiful wife again. She is cheery. The smiles back on her face because she has discovered a very simple habit that she knows has to stay active in her life or she has to stay active, but that habit needs to stay active because it really changes her frame of mind. Okay, so that may be different for every person, but for her, it, it's movement to go from bad mood to good mood. Simple. I've really had to make a, a conscious effort the last uh, couple weeks, knowing that I'm going to be investing a fair amount of time and energy and 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 finances and resources into the next year with my coaching. So I need to be at my best. So. I've talked many times about good habits, about no screen time, you know, right in bed or before bed and electronics out of the bedroom. And yet I had slipped into some of those habits again because I was escaping. I really just was lost and I just escape into all my, you know, Harlequin romances, whatever the books are on my my e-reader and I'm not reading paper and just, you know, sometimes reading past when I really was tired. So I've really made an effort this past week to be in bed by 10, put my head on the pillow and say... Let's see if my body will fall asleep, and it does. And then you know I'm getting the better sleep, and I'm waking up more refreshed. But all of this requires discipline, which I'm going to come back to because I'm going to go back to the story of of, of my girlfriend. So one of the issues that can happen, or which I truly believe is the problem with any human being on the planet, you need a purpose, a direction, a why um there needs to be a reason so one of the struggles that my girlfriend's daughter's having right now is great she's made the decision to wake up every day and and not kill herself like seriously her depression and her issues are very severe but now she's asking herself but why why am i not ending my life like why am i carrying on and this is what happened over lunch after almost a decade i made the mistake of saying something and saying well you know love that's a problem because she has nothing to focus on and I got shut right down. And Like I say, if we were not really good friends, what happened would have ended some friendships because she immediately went into anger defense and shut me down. Shelly, that's not happening. That That's not helping. You're not helping me. You're not helping her. We are not talking about this. It's like, okay, so nothing, things still haven't changed. I was hoping maybe there was some openness into having a conversation or dialogue. There still is not. And as long as there is not, nothing will change. But she's having a tough time turning 30. And of course she is. There's no part of me that didn't understand what she was going through. One, I'm probably in her life, the one in her life that understands this the most because I deal with it. Two, I have been struggling the last few months and I've And I told her right to her face, no problem, we won't talk about it, but you need to know that you are seeing me on a really good day and I have been struggling the last few months. So do not think that this sits in judgment. I have my own struggles. And we were fine, we got past it, because we know how to get past those things. We have emotional, in this particular case between us and our friendships, maturity. But when there is no purpose, when someone is enabling someone else's issues and when there is no focus... Human beings at their core struggle because we are made. We were created for a purpose. If you did not have a job to get up to every day because you knew you needed other one, you love that job and it was a passion or even sometimes if it's, you just need to go to work to get a paycheck because that paycheck then in turn feeds you, puts gas in your car and takes your family on vacation or educates your children. Everything doesn't need to be perfect Everything may not be idealistic, but you have a goal and a purpose most days when you get up and go to work every day, you know, get up, make your bed. You're not 12 or eight. Actually, (laughs) um, there are just things, you know, we shower every day. We, we have to eat every day. There are things you do to keep yourself moving forward. Now, I definitely take this to a little bit more of a level. In the fact that when I was raising my son, it was vitally important to me that I raise a functioning and contributing human being to the globe. Did I do a perfect job? Absolutely not. There's no such thing as perfection anyways, but I did the best I could with the tools I had. And the one thing I did do that I'm very proud of is I kept communication open, especially as he got older. So he understood that I did not have all the answers. I may be older which means more experience and generally often means more wisdom, but that I was still learning. I was a very young mom, I was 22. He did not come with a manual and I had a very interfering judgmental family. Plus I was a single mom from the time he was two. A Lot of strikes against me, but that didn't mean that in any way, shape or form, I wasn't going to be the best mother I could be and raise the best child that I could raise. Does he have issues? Of course he does, he's a human being, so do I. I know from talking to him over the years that he has been very grateful with our open line of communication and in the fact that I do not treat him like I know it all, you know, my way or the highway. That's great when they're little and I needed to protect him or we need to protect our children. Then yes, our word needs to be law and going through the teenage years, putting those bumpers in place so that they can go and push all the boundaries, but my boundaries were rock solid and then going into young adulthood where I could ease up on that and could encourage uh, and partake and participate more, because I didn't have to be the protector, the authoritarian, and then you know the 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 boundary maker. I could ease up on that parenting rule, be there for like a support system now. I'm like the net to catch you if you fall, but you need to go fly. I'm not gonna helicopter over you anymore. It's time to be an adult and you will live with the consequences of actions. But come and talk to me because mistakes happen and I will not stop loving you. Uh, I may have something to say about some of your stupid ass things that you do. But for the most part, let's keep moving forward in life as adults now. And so there's a friendship there and a support system that I'm very proud of very, very proud of that. And I know he appreciates that. And we know from other people looking in on our lives that not everyone has that. And so we have a, a bit more awareness of it through external, you know, feedback and such. So, so very lucky on that avenue. But you need a purpose. So that's why I'm, a, I'm not an advocate of how uh, the Native Americans are handled in my country or in any country, actually, any aborigines, Aboriginals, how uh, welfare works. When you take away a person's need or uh, function in life to support themselves, what did you think was going to happen? And we've done that with our population here in Canada. We are quite a socialistic country in a lot of ways. Um, I believe in welfare because I'm biblical. I believe in, in helping those that can't help themselves. I believe help needs to be there, but I don't believe in the constant free ride. And Canada is just so freaking known for it because you've taken away a human, per, a human being's purpose in life. Now some people, very small percentage, can survive and thrive regardless of this what's the word I'm looking for? Matrix that we they've been raised in and put in place. But for the most part, most people don't. People need a reason. They need a focus. They need a purpose. A little bit to the left, my coach gave me a new book this week, which I highly recommend by the way, and if you were if you have not got a little tear in your eye in the first chapter, uh hmm, really? (laughs) The little girl being told not to sing because her mommy had a headache? If you do not get to that part of the book, whether audio or reading it, and not have a little bit of a cry, come on, you got to work on those feelings. I was so devastated because it was such a simple thing, but it has such a consequence. So the book is called um, The Four what am I looking at? The Four Agreements, A Practical Gu- Guide to Personal Freedom. It is narrated by Peter Coyote, the actor who I just love his voice. But I have to admit, I listened to it in 1.25 speed because Peter's voice is so relaxing and the message is so, it's the word, esoteric? Uh, you know, it's, it's the message is quite spiritual, a little woo-woo maybe for some people, so that can lull you. And when you've got a busy mind like I do, I was drifting. He'd say something and I'd go off on a tangent in my head. So when I put it on 1.25 speed, I'm having to focus now because he's speaking a little quicker and my focus is on what he's saying, which, which worked really great. And it was actually a, a, a trick that my coach taught me. So Don Miguel Ruiz, uh, R-U-I-Z, um, is the author. Four agreements he talks about. Honestly, I probably can't even remember all of them. I'm going to podcast about this actual book at some point when I've listened to the whole thing and have a bit better understanding. But simple things about, you know, buying the stories we're told as children. Some of them, I mean, these things are not even true, but we, we make them a reality for ourselves. Being the best person that you can be, you know, really not that hard. Um definitely he talks a lot about, you know, there not being perfection that you make a commitment with yourself an agreement and you break it. Well, you know what? We don't throw the baby out with the bath water. We get back on the horse the next day and say, today, I'm going to stick to my commitments and, to, and I will do it again today. Not try, you will do it. And if something happens and it fails, you will do it the next day again. Really love that sort of message. It really resonates with me. But again, speaking to you know, truths and our belief systems, what we hear, and then what we translate into our actions and our beliefs, some of it's just heartbreaking. And actually, here, I'll quickly tell the story. So, he's in the first chapter talks about a mother who has this little girl and she comes home from work and it was just a bad day. She is home late, just it was a bad day, massive headache, and she's just looking for peace and quiet. She is not joy. But she walks in the house and her little girl who is young is jumping around and singing at the top of her lungs and is full of joy and is happily expressing that joy. Well, that's great for about half an hour and then it's just, you know what, she snapped because she really just needed quiet. But we don't realize sometimes what we say and what she said to her was, I need you to just be quiet and stop singing. Your voice is ugly and it's giving me a headache. That mother did not mean that her child's voice was ugly. No child's voice is ugly to start with. She just was hurt and in pain and angry and said something she will never probably in her whole life, because I've had these moments of my own when someone's, you know, open conversation again with the son has said something. I'm like, really, I have no memory of that and how someone took it and vice versa with my own mom. Uh, That little girl, that's all she heard. And she believed it. She believed for the rest of her life that her voice was ugly. She never sang again. That's not how she expressed her joy going forward. She was just a little tyke. She went to school and then other doubts started to step in where she doubted whether, you know, she was attractive because her voice was ugly. Maybe she was ugly. And this just leads to this snowball effect of a belief system that's completely inaccurate and totally non-intended. So sad. So having the situation where, you know, I know I'm kind of jumping around a little bit, but some, this has a very common theme for me today in the fact of having a point and a focus. I was going to say doing the best you can do, but that's, you know, let's not get off onto that tangent. So having this experience where my girlfriend just, you know, had such a negative reaction to something I said when I'm watching, you know, her daughter still struggle a decade later because she just doesn't have to, she doesn't work. She, she, very few friends. I mean, you can't have this sort of battle and have friends that sort of stick around. They, they get on with their lives. They go off. They they realize that there's no help. They, they're never going to help the situation. So unless you are truly codependent in a friendship like this, you're going to move on and, and get on with your life. And this other person then gets left behind. So that really just broke my heart because I have been there and one of the things that I have in my life that I'm very grateful for is I have a son and a granddaughter. And there are days when truly for someone that is actually as positive and full of joy as I am a lot of the time, most people that meet me just are like, "Yep, yeah, Shelly's a very happy person." Would probably very struggle when I struggle with the belief that I also have these very dark days where I really just don't want to go on. Well, when I was younger and that depression was, was I was battling with it and going through, you know, I I was engaged to an abusive man that I had arrested for assault. So I mean we're talking some serious things when I was younger. I battled with my depression and the thing that kept me going was my son. There when I sit and thought sat and thought about ways of just ending my life and, and leaving this planet and just having peace finally. One, I struggle with my religious beliefs, of course, that suicide is a mortal sin. But really, that wasn't holding me here. (laughs) Bottom line is, if if I didn't have my, I truly believe if I didn't have my son, I think it would have been so much worse. Because I would analyze it all out and realize that he would be the collateral damage. Because what's going to happen when he grows up thinking I wasn't enough? My mom couldn't even stay alive for me. That was damage I was never willing to inflict on him on anybody really, but especially him. And now later in my life, my ex-daughter-in-law, just, we do not see eye to eye. She just, for some reason, through her own insecurities, she's just projecting. I understand that. Um, and we've just accepted that. We just love her unconditionally and hope things will change in her life. She always felt that me being a strong personality, I wanted to parent her child. It's like, are you freaking kidding me? But that was just her own immaturity and lack of experience. Because she hasn't raised a child, she has no idea that after 25 years, you want to be done. You just, you want to graduate them into adulthood and have your freedom. I had, Keith and I, my husband and I, had no intention of being anything but the grandparents. But we could not seem to get that through to her. And even today, she still struggles with it. My uh, Just a bit of a segue, my husband has the ability to take her on this camping trip every fall called father-daughter. It's been going on for like 27 years in our neighborhood, almost 30, I think. So little kids are still going right up to adult women that only go with their fathers. So these multiple generations, and for years, Adelaide could be part of this experience. But because it's called father-daughter, we know that that's, it's never going to happen because she just immediately goes into that judgment of you just want to be your father. No, not really. I just happen to be a grandfather that loves to fish and camp. And I have this group of people that we would love to include our granddaughter in. Could we just call that one Grandfather-Granddaughter Weekend? Because the group is, because Keith and I don't have a daughter and he has no natural children of his own, they were willing to let him bring his granddaughter, quote unquote, in lieu so that, that stuff doesn't happen. But I can tell you, there was no part of me that ever wanted to parent. <laughs> However, my granddaughter is one of the most important people in my life. And now she is the face I see when I have these bad days. And when I think, why in my mid-50s am I trying to have a different, slightly different career? Why am I bothering podcasting and helping other people? Why am I bothering coaching? Why, why, why? Why don't, why can't I just, you know, sometimes when I'm fighting with my husband and the relationship with my family is still strained, I just think, just give up. I just, I just want to give up. But you don't get to, I don't get to anyways. (laughs) And you shouldn't, absolutely you shouldn't, but she's the little face I see now because there again, she already comes from a broken home. Do I want her growing up saying My grandmother didn't love me enough to stick around. Like, are you kidding me? These are things that if you do not realize can play havoc with a child's or another person's mind. We will accept responsibility. We will accept a truth that isn't even there. We will buy into that and it will cloud and color the rest of our lives. I can't have that. So she sometimes, quite honestly, I fully admit is my anchor. She keeps me here. That was all I wanted to share with my girlfriend was to say, this is what your daughter, you know, she needs to have something that grounds her, but when no one wants to hear it, there's nothing you can do about that. So you just have to walk away, love, love people for, you know, what you can love about them and and for them and with them and the rest of it, you just have to let go. It is not your journey and it is really, it's not our place. So I wasn't asked, therefore I don't get to offer. So that was an interesting situation that happened this past week and just, just a little bit painful to watch. Then going through my own stuff. All for me, I always like to stand back and think it's just, it's all quite fascinating. So now I get into this book. And I went straight to work yesterday to a client that I usually do on Thursdays, actually, but um, had to move things around. And the girls were there, the part-time work uh, workers that work in the office there. And I, I right away engaged, greeted everybody, and mentioned this book. And the youngest one, Rebecca, little sweetheart. She's like, I read that it was life changing, and I just, just like it was. I I read it; it was life changing. Just like, just came out of her mouth so fast, and I was like, really? I can't even tell you how impressed I was that someone as young as her had already made the effort to read a book like this and learn and 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 move forward with her life. Now, I have to say, this particular client that I worked for, it was, excuse me, like we met and we'd known each other our whole lives just love working with them. And then we hired these two girls and I am not going to lie. I was a little worried because they just sort of came out of nowhere. But then again, so did I in their life as well. They could not have chosen better after we've all worked together for a couple of weeks. I mentioned this last month to my clients. like they, you know, asked my opinion because I help manage things as well as do their, their, do their accounting. Shelly, what do you think? I'm like, no, honestly, you guys could not have read someone better than these two ladies. One's a young girl. One's a grown woman. Um, They really have a lot to contribute and they have a spectacular point of view. And Rebecca just saying, I read that book, it was life changing, just confirmed what I was already feeling with my, you know, with my sixth sense. Uh, This young lady just has so much potential and is working towards being aware. What more could you ask for in life? Because people that are aware and willing to change their minds and go looking for answers will have successful, happy lives because they will find the solution. And lots of times when you're really working on yourselves like that, you also find the way to be happy with what you've got. It just, they tend to, a lot of the times go very hand in hand. I know that just even the last 10 days watching my mindset and mind frame change, my gratitude change again, just from some very small, simple adjustments in life lessons that I work very hard at living and teaching, sometimes you still stray. So when I see that in someone else, it just gives me so much joy and so much hope for, kind of, I hate to be <laughs> broad stroking here, but humankind at its, you know, at its at its largest stroke, at the world, it gives me such hope in moments like that. So purpose in life is really, really important. One of the coaches I worked with years ago who does the Sacred Gifts course, uh, who is the inventor of the Sacred Gifts course, actually, she has a saying on her her group Facebook page. It's not about finding your purpose. It's about feeling on purpose. And I really have to agree with that statement. Uh, Not that I don't believe in finding your purpose. And, you know, all of us may not have some massive um, Bill Gates accomplishment waiting for us in life, that may not be the, the the big purpose, the Steve Jobs of the world purpose in your life, but everyone should feel on purpose. I've spoken about this before, how I don't struggle as much with the bookkeeping that I did you know, years ago, because I realized the types of clients that I used to have and what I was attracting and what I needed to change in my life now was about the fact that my gifts were, were brought into effect. So knowledge, facilitation, service, and hospitality. When those gifts are engaged, it really doesn't matter what job I'm doing because my gifts, I'm on purpose with my natural gifts. That was a huge epiphany for me. So we don't all need to be out finding some massive purpose, some big why, but you do need a why in life. Uh, they talk about it a lot when you do a lot of training with multiple marketing companies for something for, for some, um, for, for example, sorry. In the fact that direct sales is very unnatural for a lot of people. So they do a lot of teaching on ensuring that you have a really strong why so that you are willing to step out of your comfort zone because you know, talking to friends and asking for business and out, you know, sharing your message about some product that you believe in really makes people uncomfortable. So finding your why is, is very vital in those particular situations, but finding your why for any reason in life, I believe is important. It is not the end all and be all, but it is very important. Feeling on purpose. I almost think that's more important, but maybe it's just more important in some, in some aspects. I could go on about this forever. I had a a huge epiphany about entitlement this week as well, which was, uh, and money. But I think I'm going to save that for a different podcast because I have some very (laughs) firm uh, belief systems on that. All right. Have a great day, everyone. And I'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you again for joining me today, and remember to focus on not living in regret. I invite you to subscribe to my show so you don't miss a thing. You can reach me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at either High Functioning Habits or Living Well with Shell, and I invite you to leave a rating on my show about what you like best, or message me with something you'd like me to speak on next. Remember, willpower will only get you so far Then you better have a plan.